Praise God. Well, hey, um, if, I have not, if I have never met you before, my name's Sam, and uh, pleasure to meet you. Um, but uh, Pastors Jonathan and Carolyn are on a uh, vacation right now, which, uh, man, how many know we need that? We need time for rest, and uh, there are probably few people more deserving and more, more needful of, of some time away with family. So uh, if you guys are watching, we love you guys. We bless you guys. Um, pray that the rest of the Lord would be with you, that he would fill you and refresh you in Jesus' name. So give them some love when they get back next week. Um, I am I'm excited just to see what God does here today. The Lord has put something in my, in my spirit. I was just taking some time with the Lord, um, what was it, Monday night, just praying, not asking him for a message, um, just, just taking time with him, and it felt like a really productive time of prayer. You ever have that, where you just like, you feel like, okay, here we go, you know what I'm saying, praying, and God gives you an idea, and you're like, all right, I got the glove, let's go pray. Holy Spirit, oh, I like that one, Holy Spirit, let's pray, and it was just like the strategy of the Holy Spirit was just man, super clear, just felt productive. I was like, man, this is awesome. Loving this just time in the presence of God, praying and interceding for what, um, as, as God would put things on my heart. And then all of a sudden in like 15 minutes, I just kind of got this download of um, what I believe God wants to do here today. And, um, and I shared that to, to, to say and to maybe, if anything, build up faith within your hearts, because I believe part of what God wants to do is to lift our heads. You know, he he says that he is the lifter of our head. And if you've ever seen someone that looks kind of down, you know, sometimes that's because something going on on the inside is a bit down. And and there's a, of course, physically, God could come around and grab all of our chins and lift our heads, but, but really it's the lifter of the head of our heart. There's something in us sometimes that just needs to not just be encouraged, but our perspective often can go, get so caught up in what I see. And how many know if you ever watch the news, there is zero good information. Zero. I mean, zero. You turn on the screen, yeah, this guy died, this, this, blah, 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 blah. You know, bad news, bad news, bad news. Oh, and by the way, did we mention the bad news? Oh, breaking, bad news. You know, it's just like, thanks, great. Um, and so we live in a world where lawlessness prevails, uh, lawlessness is in fact is worshipped <laughs> and exalted, um, it, it's an upside down time. And man, we need the heads of our hearts to be lifted. Yeah. And not just because we need encouragement, which we do need, and the Holy Spirit is really good at that. Yeah. Jesus called him our comforter. He's so good at that. But our, that our heads would be lifted that we might see above what's going on. He seated us in heavenly places, which means we should be walking with a heavenly perspective on everything going on. But, um, but I, I, I say all that to say on Monday night, I think it's really important to the Lord what he wants to do today. And so with reverence, with leaning in of heart, I want you to grab a hold of and just dismiss all of the, the annoying things I have to say today <laughs> and hear the Holy Spirit. I might, I might say something that uh, offends you or, or bores you. Um, I'm simply here as a vessel, but the Holy Spirit, he has a message for each and every heart today. And he wants to do a deep work. And, and what he put in my, my spirit is that he wants us to, to be whole and saved to the 
uttermost. You know, there's something to be saved. I'm going to heaven. And there's another to be saved to the uttermost, which is to be whole and complete in him. And I believe that God's purpose is not just that we would be whole and saved right when we get into heaven, but that he would actually accomplish a work of completion, a work of perfection that makes us more and more and more like him, transformed into his image, not conformed to the world, but transformed into the image of Jesus. Um, And if you believe that, just say amen. Um, Before we we dive in, I wanted to say this. um, As I was praying, I I felt this really strongly. There's, There's a need for some here today in John 16, the Holy, it says the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. We need to be convicted, or the word convict really means convinced. It does not mean condemned. It means I need to be convinced of sin. Why do I need to be convinced of sin? Because for some reason, Jesus went through a lot of trouble to pay for it. In fact, he gave everything. I, like I've heard it said, heaven went bankrupt in order to set us free from our sins. We must be convinced of our sins. We must see the depravity of our condition born into this world as a sinner in absolute need for a savior. We have to see that. Otherwise, none of it makes any sense. We've got to be convinced of sin. But once we've been saved, once the blood of Jesus has washed us, sometimes the Holy Spirit needs to convince us of righteousness. Convinced of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. And we, sometimes we need to be convinced of righteousness. Convinced that the blood of Jesus was indeed enough to pay for every one of my sins, to wash me white as snow, and to make me a new creation. Sometimes we've got to be convinced of that righteousness. And there's the, what the Lord showed me in my heart is there's some here, you've, you've been battling and wrestling with the concept of, am I really even saved? And this is, this is not a raise your hand moment. You can if you want. But the Lord, because he loves us so deeply, he'll spend this whole service if he has to, to focus on one person, if that's what he needs to do. But there's been a wrestling in your heart, and maybe you've known him for a long, 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 long time, but just this doubt, this accusation from the enemy and, and your own flesh, just kind of teaming up saying, you're not even a Christian. What? You're not even saved. You're probably not going to make it to heaven. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And the Holy Spirit is here to convince us of righteousness. And that righteousness is not of our own. It's not of anything we've done, not anything we've, good we can do other than giving our life to him and receiving from him. He did the work. He paid the price. He did it on the cross. And the devil wants to rob us of the joy that we should have in our salvation. So, so if that's you today, I just want you to receive of the Holy Spirit. Let him speak to you today. If you need to respond during the time of altar, respond and let the Lord minister to you today. Um, but the Lord has really filled me with an expectation that he wants to do a work of making us really whole. And lifting up our eyes to recognize that we can be truly, fully whole, so whole that when you look at the old you, you kind of don't even recognize yourself. That's the kind of whole Jesus wants us to have. And I think um, it's pretty easy for us to actually kind of get okay with not fully whole. 
If, if we're honest, if you're, you look at your walk with God, it's kind of easy to just sort of operate and not be totally whole. But Jesus, he loves us so much. He wants to do a deep work today. I, um, w- one of the things that is required in letting God do a deep work of, of healing, of, of taking broken places in our life, memories, things we've been through, hurts, torments, whatever it is that God needs to do to make you completely whole. Sometimes because of those hurts, because of those things where maybe someone's betrayed you or you've been neglected and, and felt unloved, maybe you've been through a, a traumatic experience, maybe it's choices you've even made on your own that have just led you down a path and now you don't feel worthy. Whatever it is, often in life we are trained that based on those hurts, we, we form a defense mechanism so that it'll never happen again. Do you know what that defense mechanism is? It's a big word. Control. And sometimes we don't even consciously think of it. But because I've been so hurt, because I'll never let that happen again in my life, something in us goes, I'm going to control every part of my life because that way it'll never happen. And it's not a, uh, I'm not here to say, you know, ooh, that's, you're a horrible person or anything like that. But the enemy likes us to think we're in control. And the reality is we've never been designed, we've never been designed to be in control. We've, we are designed by our maker to depend upon our creator. We're designed by him to need him. And that's really hard for us. Our flesh, our mind says, no, I will never. So I need to control everything. I'm going to control the, the way my kids tie their shoes. I'm going to control the, you know, this and this and this. And we don't even realize that's what we're doing. We don't have this mind like, I must. It's just, it just flows out of our, our natural response of defense because of what's happened. And it's not to say that we should jump into some pool of the other side and say, no, I can just trust everybody on the planet. And, and I'll just let everybody hurt me. That's not God's way. But it is to say, I will put my trust in him. That he will never leave me. He will never fail me. And so today, my challenge for you is, is to put your trust in him completely. I, uh, I was doing, uh, helping our son, Zeke, change his jammies last night. And we're, we're changing and... Uh, he, we're kind of at that stage where he just, he loves to be in control of kind of every little detail, right? Uh, to, so much to the point, he's just such a funny guy. Um, like, if I open a door into his room when we're going to go to bedtime, he has to, like, go back and touch the doorknob and be like, close it, I'm going to open it. Like, that's, you know, he's just in this phase right now. It's really cute. And I, um, Anyway, we were changing, and I'm, he's got this little stuffed animal he got for his, his birthday recently, and it's a little frog uh, uh, puppet, stuffed animal. And so he's got this frog on his hand, and it's gripped on his hand. And so we're taking off his shirt from the day, you know, pulling it off, and, and his shirt won't come off, and the frog is stuck, you know. And there's this moment where I'm like, you have to, you have to let go. And he's like, no! <laughs> 
I've got my frog, you know, I won't let go of the puppet on his hand, right? He just will not let go, but sleeve's not coming off, we aren't getting your jammies on, we can't move forward until you let go. And by the way, what you want is currently actually taken from you, it's hidden, it's under the shirt. If you want it back, let go, and then I can give you what you need or want. And it's a funny picture, but the reality is so often that's what control is for us. We so grip to being in control that we literally hinder the Lord from giving us what we need and from doing what He wants to do in our lives. And when we yield to Him, it is amazing what God will do. Um, So I urge you today, whatever that means, to let go, to give him your trust, to say, Lord, I I don't need to be in charge anymore. I want to submit to your leadership over my life. Um, When we have a time of response here, I I encourage you to respond to Jesus. If that's just been kind of where you've you've been, man, there's, there's an amazing healing, amazing power when we really put our trust in him. Um, and I feel like what we're going to be seeing today and what God wants to do today has to do a lot with things we've kind of just become accustomed to and kind of put up with for a long time. How many know you get really good at being a Christian, right? Really good, like kind of don't need Jesus good, right? If, if we're not careful, we can kind of almost get there where it's like, I, I have got this figured out. Read your Bible and pray every day and, uh, Thanks, God. I'm a, I got it from here. Um, but, but all along, there's actually these things, this, this wound, maybe a scar, this, this, you know, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, there's, there's just these things from our past that maybe we've, because of the hurt, because it's something that's painful, I don't want to even look at it. I don't want to think about it. I just want to. And so by being around it and, and having walked with it for long enough, it kinda, you kind of just become numb to its existence. And I really believe that the Lord uh, wants to expose some of those things to us. uh, David prayed, Lord, examine my heart. See if there, try me. See if there be anything in me that's not right with you. There's something about that that just, it's almost to say, Lord, if there's anything in me that I don't even know that I need to give to you, that I need to trust you with, that I need to submit to you, whatever that is, um, the Holy Spirit is so good at showing those things to us. And in, the, in a moment, it may almost be like, I don't actually like this. This doesn't feel very good because God's maybe showing us something. And I want to challenge you in that moment, don't go, oh, this doesn't feel good, and revert to uh, control. That's a simple, simple word. Um, but revert to trust. Revert to, Lord, I trust you, and I give this to you, and I ask you to heal me. I ask you to restore me. I ask you to transform this area of my life. I, uh, I often, uh, I'm, lots of kids' stories, but uh, I, I love our kids, and I get, I get the privilege of changing diapers still. Uh, and, uh, and with our little guy, Nathaniel, who's one in change, um, we, you know, change his diaper, and, and every once in a while, if you're a parent, you ever change a diaper? Something comes with changing diapers. Wipes and bum cream, right? Bum cream. 
Um, there's other words for it, desitin or other things, whatever. We got some natural one that's, you know, all the rage. But uh, how, how many of you know when you've been wiped all the time, sometimes you need some bum cream? How many came to church expecting to hear about this? Um, and, uh, but as a parent, you change diapers all the time. I mean, when they're born, it's like 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, a.m., a.m., 6 o'clock, you know. Uh, it's, just, it's just fun, and, but you, you get pretty good at it, and after four kids, you just... Man, you've been living with this, working with it, kind of becoming accustomed to it, and we just naturally adjust to optimize our life to almost the things that used to be hard now are kind of just part of normal. And, uh, and when it comes to bum cream, uh, one of my biggest challenges is I'm so used to, you know, you just wipe, do, 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 put a little cream on, and there you go, and is proceeding to, to go grab food with the same hand <laughs> that you just did put some bum cream on. And how many know, I mean, that's not like a sterile environment, so uh, Costco wipes are great, but, you know, I don't know about E. coli or all that. I mean, we're, we're covered by the blood of Jesus, but how many know, it's, it's gross when you're holding a sandwich and you just get that moment where your eyes naturally zoom in on your right hand and there's white paste right there and you don't know what it's mixed with, that's a scary moment. And I know that's a gruesome story, but the reality is we live with things and walk with things that be, are so part of our life that we don't even realize we're actually walking injured. We're actually walking with a hurt. We're actually walking with something. And Jesus, because he loves us so deeply, is, is the one person who says, I know you don't want to deal with it but because I love you and I want you to be whole. I want to touch this part of your life. Will you let me? Will you trust me? So we're going to read a story. I want to um, turn to Luke 17, if you will. Luke 17. I love Luke. I love my nephew, Luke. Force is strong with him. Um, Luke chapter 17. If you're there, just say amen. amen. I'm going to read this, uh, this scripture out of Hebrews for you really quick. Hebrews 7, it says, Therefore he, out of verse 25 of Hebrews 7, Therefore he, speaking of Jesus, is also able to save to the uttermost. Can we just say to the uttermost? Just say that. To the uttermost. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost. Who? Those who come to God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus wants to save us, not just enough to squeeze into heaven. He wants to save us to the uttermost. To the uttermost. To the uttermost. What does that word uttermost mean? It means all complete, perfect, or unto completeness. Wow. Anybody here feel like there's just maybe a little bit of room 
for God to complete something in your life. Complete you. And it's not done in a distance, you know, hey, I'm going to phone a friend. God, maybe could you deliver a completeness? Thanks. Uh, it's a relational thing. And so in him, as we abide in him and him and us, and when we draw near to him, God does this amazing work of, of healing. But there, there's, I've seen it happen um, in a moment where someone is healed or delivered from something they were seeing a counselor for years and kind of getting nowhere with, where in a moment Jesus just healed them. And I, I, really, I really believe God wants to do some of that today. And so I, I want us to step into faith for that, um, for both yourself, but also let's, let's believe for others that, that God would do a deep work today. Luke 17, let's read this. I love this story. Verse 11, story of the 10 lepers. If you've never heard it before, get ready. If you've heard it before, bear with us. Um, and by the way, if, you've, if you have the mind that you can only read one scripture once, then you're going to miss uh, the uttermost Okay, so we're going to read it again. Here we go. Verse 11, on the way to Jerusalem, he, speaking of Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and, sh and show yourselves to the priest. Notice what it says, when he saw them. Have you ever felt like Jesus just doesn't see you where you're at in your situation? Jesus sees you. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they were cleansed, or, and as they went, they were cleansed. By the way, I love that Jesus does this because if you read Leviticus 14, there's this whole process of what should be done for a leper who has been cleansed and healed. And guess what would have happened when they showed up to those priests? The priests would have been like, that's the dustiest scroll I own because we've never had a leper cleansed. You're like, you don't, you don't just get healed of leprosy. Like leprosy was this nasty, demonic sickness that would eat your skin and you'd, it was contagious or, and they would have to separate themselves and live in a different colony and all this kind of stuff. It was, it was horrible. And God made a provision in Leviticus for what you do when a leper is cleansed. And all along, the priesthood had never really, I mean, God could have totally healed people. But as far as I know in scripture, other than Naaman, uh, like you don't see people getting healed of leprosy. And so these, these priests, the Pharisees, they, they probably were hanging out and, and these lepers show up. We've been cleansed of leprosy. What shall we do? <laughs> They're like, what does it say? And, and there's a whole procedure of they take two doves and they baptize them in water and in the blood and one of them goes free and, and, and then the oil is applied. And it's like, it's glorious. It's beautiful. It all speaks of Jesus and being washed in the blood. And then when the blood has washed the dove, then the oil is poured upon the dove. Speaking of once your blood washed, the Holy Spirit can now live and abide upon you and in you. It's, it's glorious what, what you see, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. So go read Leviticus. Um, but I love that Jesus is like, go show yourselves to the priest. It's going to be great. They're not going to know. No, they didn't see this coming. <laughs> Verse 15, then one of them, say one. Sometimes 
Sometimes following Jesus can be lonely or feel that way. Sometimes your friends might not be wanting to do the same thing you want to do, but let us be the one. Verse, verse 15, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed. If you don't think Jesus is intimately acquainted with what happens in our life, he knows every detail. He knew all ten were cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found? This is the heart of God. He doesn't want to miss anyone. His whole prayer in John 17 is, I've lost none that you've given me, Father, except for the son of perdition. His, his heart is for every one of us. Were there not ten, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Okay, anybody heard this story before? It's a great story. You can, yeah, read it anytime. I want to, I want to highlight two verses, or two words, really. In verse 15, it says, then one of them, when he saw that he was Healed. Healed. That word in the Greek of healed is eomai. Eomai. I, I don't know. Eomai. Something like that. Um, and that word means to like cure or heal. And it, it was typically more associated with like just a physical manifestation, a physical healing. But then let's go down verse 19. At the end, when he runs back to Jesus and he says to him, rise and go your way for your faith has made you well. What's really interesting, you might have, it might say faith has made you better, well. King James probably says whole. I love whole because that's God's desire to save us to the uttermost, to make us whole. But that word in the Greek is not the same word as healed. So it's amazing. Ten of them went their way and they received Eomai. One runs back to Jesus and receives this word called sozo, which means, let me, let me read this, to save, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, rescue from injury or peril, to save a suffering one, one suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction to save or rescue. Man, that's a loaded, loaded, loaded word. And, and there is the word sozo used in connotation with healing and in connotation with salvation uh, throughout a lot of the scriptures. But I love that in this story, you see this contrast. One seeing that he was eomide. I, I, that's, uh, I'm going to mess up. Greek, combine Greek with English, that's a bad idea. But one was Eomide, but when he returned to Jesus, he was sozoed. I'm combining English and Greek. Don't, it's um, not something we do, do lightly, but we're going to do it today. It works. One was, not, ten were healed physically. The outward ask, God, this is the thing I need from you right now, and then I can go my way. They received what they were asking for. One returned to Jesus, not asking for anything more, simply giving glory and praise to God. 
Not asking for another thing. Didn't it, I, believe, I believe in all my heart that this guy came back to Jesus and there wasn't even an idea in his mind that Jesus had even more for him. I don't think he was like, oh, but there's got to be more. There's got to be more. I think he just simply was so grateful that he came to Jesus. And here's the God that we serve, that even when he's not asking for it, Jesus says, now I'm going to make you whole. And when did he make him whole? When he came close. In Hebrews it says, for he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to him. Those who come to God through him. It's only through Jesus that we are saved to the uttermost. But the heart of God, the intent of God, I believe we see it right here. His intent is that the healing would draw us to the healer. That the whole point is not just this thing that I I got, but I'm still going to die someday. We are so focused on the temporal when God is so focused on the eternal. We're focused on what I need right now. And God says, you don't even know what you need, but I want to give it to you. That's the God we serve. That's the love of our Savior. That's the one who lifts our heads. It's not to bash us and beat us and you should be doing more. It's when we come near to him. Man, what he does in our life when we give it to him. I'm here. The good news I'm here with today is there is more. There is more. And I think this story shows us that there's a more God wants to do in our lives and I, I want, I'm believing that hope will rise in our hearts, faith will rise in our hearts, that if there's, there's a place in your life where you need a touch, a deep work from God, that something in you would say, Lord, do that in me. I need, I need you to touch my life. I'm, I'm, I humble myself and I, I'm not going to be pr- proud Because God resists the proud because the proud resist God. But you give grace to the humble. And I come to you and I say, I I need you. I do not want to diminish the fact that Jesus bore upon his back stripes of scourging and beating and whipping where his flesh was literally ripped off of him. For our sake, there's literally not a movie that's, I don't think, legal that could be made that could actually show us how gruesome it was of what Jesus endured. And those, that scourging, that beating, when he willingly, I was just reading in Luke 4, I love this. In, in Luke 4, Jesus tells the whole story of Isaiah 61. He's like, I am the anointed one. You know, uh, I came to heal, you know, heal the sick. Uh, Rescue the captives, you know, open the blindness, all this stuff. And, he, and he, he sits down, and they're all like, wait, what did he just say? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the, all this. And, and Jesus is like, me, me, me. That's me. And he sits down, and they're like silently just staring at him in Luke 4. And he says, oh, uh, this has been fulfilled today. Uh, this is fulfilled today by the one reading it, just so you know. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me. He's the Messiah, the anointed one. And he says it, it's fulfilled. And then he goes on to explain to them how it really is. And what, he reveals what's in their hearts. And they push him out of the synagogue and push him to the edge of a cliff. 
trying to kill him. This is in Luke chapter 4. <laughs> it was many chapters later in Luke where the, the whole actual crucifixion occurs. Luke chapter 4, and they push him to the edge of a cliff, nowhere to go. They're going to push him off and kill him. You know what it says? It says, and Jesus just slipped through the crowd. Like, I don't know what happened there. Did he become invisible? You know, who knows? He just slips right through the crowd. There was no physical way that could happen. He just slipped through the crowd. So when he's at the stake and bearing wounds upon his back, the scourging of skin off of his back, that beating, it says, by his stripes, we are healed. That was completely voluntary. It was complete obedience. That's what Philippians 2 is, is so highlighting. It's like, you don't understand. He was obedient to the point of death on the cross. It was all obedience to the Father. Not one bit of it was forced upon him. He could have at one moment called 12 legions of angels to come and beat everybody up. Stop. I'm done. He could have done that. It says the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. That's the God we serve. And so I don't want to diminish the healing and what he's paid for. And that's why we pray for healing. That's why we believe. Because, Lord, you're going to receive a reward for what you did. Lord, I don't want the the carrying of that cross. It says the chastisement or the, the punishment required for our peace was born upon his shoulders. So when he walks up practically a mountain carrying a cross after he's already been scourged and physically should be dead, according to like just medicine, he's carrying up a cross. That payment of carrying the weight of that cross up the mountain paid for my peace. So I won't dare to to stop believing that I'm supposed to walk in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding because he paid for it. God, I want you to reap what you've sown. When I was, when we, we, my wife and I, by the way, thank you so much, church, for praying for us uh, the uh, past number of weeks when we were battling COVID, and it was, it was like fun, you know, not, not. Um, I mean, it was real. We were bedridden and, and all this stuff, but I remember one time I was, I was just laying in bed, and it was, it was kind of hard to breathe, um, and I would just cough all, all the time, and slow breath, slow breath, and I would, you know, just barely, and I just started saying, Lord, you breathe breath into the nostrils of Adam. You've breathed breath into these lungs. And what you have sown, I want you to reap. These lungs are going to give you praise. Where you gave me this breath, I'm going to give it right back to you. These lungs will give glory to God. I shall live and not die. We're going to give glory to God. And how many know that there's so much in the love of Jesus that we so miss and overlook and think small of when he was so intentional and so wholehearted in everything that he did to give us everything that he has. And so how could we ever, how could we ever, if we, once we see it, say, you know what, I'm just going to live with just making it into heaven when he really paid the price for us to be saved to the uttermost, whole and complete. Ephesians 3 verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Faith is wonderful. Hope is wonderful. Belief and and, and doing good things, those are great things, but we're to be rooted and grounded in love. 
Church is important and a critical part of our life, but we're to be rooted and grounded in love. May, may be able to comprehend with the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. God does not want us filled with a partial. Just give me a touch and I'll make it till I get there. God doesn't want us walking around with an I-O-M-I and say that's enough. Yay, oh my. He wants us walking around sozoed. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. All right, that was the introduction. You guys, you guys uh, bring snacks? You're good? We're going to just read the entire book of Revelation right now. No, I'm just saying. There we go. We can start with Genesis. I, you've probably heard, many of you have heard my story, but, and I'm not going to give you the whole thing, but, you know, I, I love, uh, I think it was, maybe it was Ben came up to me one time, and he's like, he's like, one thing you know when, when you hear, he's speaking about my dad, Pastor John Branson, he's saying, you know, when you hear Pastor John Branson speak, there's one thing you're going to always hear, my life was in the gutter. I was a hopeless alcoholic. But Jesus saved me, right? And, and if you ask me, man, I think we need to be really careful about getting over what he's done. We, we can get over everything else that we face in this life. God has made us to be overcomers, that everything the enemy throws at us, we're to overcome. I mean, have you ever seen an eagle fly? I just love this. When an eagle flies and the wind of resistance flies against them, the way that they're going, do you know what they do? They just open their wings. And it lifts them higher. And they go over. I mean, what a cool picture of overcoming. That's what we're designed to do. We're to be overcomers. But I tell you what, God forbid that we ever get over what he's done for us. Oh, Jesus, let us be amazed. I think we, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, with some of the books that are out there, the 10 steps to this and the 12 to this, and there, there's probably some good stuff. Just make sure you spit out the bones. You eat the meat and spit out the bones. But I'm telling you, sometimes we just have to come to this place where it's so simple. Jesus loves me. He loves me. And, that, and when we see who he is, man, it, it just changes you. It marks you. It brands you forever. And for me, if you hear my story, a lot of times it's because I'm, I'm never going to get over what he's done. And I was a, kind of a different one. I wasn't a hopeless alcoholic. I was a hopeless, hopeless churchaholic. And just as lost. If I'm honest... Everything would look, yeah, he reads the Bible, he likes to pray, you know, he likes to sing songs and play on a piano. But man, in my late teens, early 20s, I had drifted from God so much that I'm in church, but I just, I don't know him. I was not walking with him, I wasn't asking him, Lord, what, what do you want to do? 
I was in control of my life. I was in complete leadership of my own life. And slowly, but rather quickly, separating from him. And just doing life my own way. And it all came to a, a point where my father, who had been saved out of hopeless alcoholism, who never got over it, and so he loves Jesus, and so he hears from God, and he walks with God. God started keeping him up at night where he couldn't sleep because he was warning him that the path I was on was leading to destruction. And on a weekly dinner that something in me knew was different, even though I, I went for dinner every week, on a weekly dinner I, I show up and I'm sh literally shaking in my car before I go inside. I'm just like, what's going to happen? It was the most awkward dinner we've ever had, quiet. And then we passed the food aside after none of us really ate anything, and my dad said, yeah, so... I've got something to say. <laughs> and he began to speak what the Lord showed him. And what I didn't realize is that the Lord was preparing in my heart. The reason I was shaking is because the Holy Spirit was already brooding. Amen. That's what he does. You've read in Genesis where it says the earth was without form and it was void. And darkness was on, on the face of the deep. It says, but the Holy Spirit was brooding or hovering. You know what that word actually means in the Hebrew? It means like a hen that spreads out her wings over the eggs. The Holy Spirit has this work of birthing life. in our, And he, he broods and he hovers. And, and that hovering sometimes is really uncomfortable. And even right now, you might be in a moment where you're like, ooh, the Lord's starting to tug on my heart. That's the Holy Spirit brooding. Because he wants something to hatch in your life. He wants something to be birthed in your life. And he wants some other stuff to die forever. Stuff that doesn't belong. He wants to remove it and take what's a heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. But what God did in me, he was brooding. And, and as my, my father was obedient to just say what God had spoken to him, everything broke. I began to weep like an ugly ugly man you know just ugly it was just I mean ugly I didn't know I didn't know that there was more I had my sort of I thought maybe my pass to heaven because I prayed and I'd received Jesus and I, I had a relationship with him at a young age but man I had so walked away from him and I didn't know that there was more. I didn't know the more that Jesus had for me, that he wanted to do in me. And in that moment, it was like, boy, everything broke. I realized I'd been lying to myself all along. I thought I was fine. And if anybody would, would have ever come up to me and asked, I'd say, yeah, I'm great. You know, I thought everything was fine. But then when my eyes were opened, I knew I wasn't. I knew I'd been lying to myself. I'd been believing lies that would keep me in that separation from him. And when my eyes were opened, man, I just gave him everything. I just said, Lord, I give you my life. Whatever you want me to do. If you want me to, you know, go and, and live in some empty apartment for the rest of my life and just pray and do nothing and never be seen by anyone, sure. Whatever you want, just I want to follow you. I give you my life. I surrender 
everything. I surrender my hurts. I surrender my, my strengths. I surrender my weaknesses. I surrender all of my talents, my desires, my hopes, my wishes for my future. I give it all to you. And I'll tell you what, um, I have never regretted that. You will never regret giving him your everything. I'll tell you what you will regret, not giving him your everything. I'm telling you, to, I mean, if I were to get a whole bunch of bags and stuff here and, and hold them in my hands, and I, my hands are full, and Jesus is saying, I, I want to minister to you, and I just want to come and hold you. That's the only picture I can really think of. If my hands are full, I, I can't. I can't receive what he wants to give to me, but if I will let it go, if I will give it to him, now my hands are, are empty and he can draw near. He can come close and he can give me what I need. Lord, we thank you. Those who come to God through him. It takes us coming to him. I love that the leper ran to Jesus out of thanksgiving, not asking for a thing. And Jesus said, your faith has produced sozo. You've been made whole. Not just healed, not just the leprosy, but the leprosy in here. The leprosy in here. That which needed to be healed and made whole. He is able to save to the uttermost, but what is the requirement? He is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Yes. It doesn't say for those who memorize at least 20 scriptures. Right. It doesn't say to those who make sure that they don't miss one service for an entire year. And then, and only then, God will do something great. It doesn't say for those who spend at least an hour in prayer and reading their Bible. And now those things, don't get me wrong. Jesus spent a load of time going away to pray. He knew the word. I mean, he knew. Hey, grab me Isaiah. Let's read the scroll. It's time. Chapter 4, Luke. Let's go. He knew the word. We, how can we hear the voice of God and, and judge it if we don't have a foundation for the nature of God? We, you can go loosey-goosey, Holy Spirit, flow, 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 and not have, be rooted and grounded in love and truth. And, and I don't have nothing. I don't have an anchor. But it says, not for those who serve in this way, those who sign up to be an usher team, those blah, 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 for those who come to him and come to God through him. I mean, Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life. Jesus says, you can't come to the Father unless you come through me. But in the, when he's, there's this amazing passage he talks about. Where he says, the only way to know the Father is through me, and only if I reveal the Father to you. And it's like, almost like this exclusive club, you know. Only if you come through me can you know the Father. But then he says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and you will find rest for your souls. Do you know why our souls are tired? Because they don't know, 
They haven't come to the Father through him. And when we come to the Father through him, our souls that were tired find rest. That's real. Real rest is whole. Real rest is, I don't need to impress someone in order to do something. Real rest isn't, I, I'm, I am hoping that that person will see all of the cool things that I'm doing, or that person will see my hair, or blah, blah, blah. Like, rest is, is not, who I got to try and forget those memories because those things hurt and they're wounding me and I can't walk with them. That's not rest. Rest is whole. Rest is rest. I think we could def- take a long time to try and define rest. The reality is rest is rest. I don't need to strive anymore. And from rest, from being whole, now God has someone he can funnel his power, his love, and change the world through your life. God is so interested in you being whole because he has so much he wants to partner in your life in to change this world through his whole people. So he's really interested in, us in being whole. I, I, I don't have time to, to uh, read through my next nine pages of notes. Um, I'm just joking. But <laughs> Psalm 24, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. I love this psalm. If uh, Deborah's around, if you mind, kind of just slowly make your way up here. Um, thank you so much. In Psalm 24, I love this psalm. And it begins with seeing how amazing God is. Because this leper, he, he saw how amazing God was. And when he turned to him, just looking at how amazing Jesus is, bowing at his feet, giving glory to God, Jesus is like, this is why I do the miracles. And he even said this. He said, did only one come to give glory to God? He wasn't even pointing, I mean, even though he is God. He's like, oh, I live to give glory to the Father. That's the heart of Jesus. But this man seeing how good God is. And Psalm 24 begins with, The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, and the world is, and those dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established upon the waters. Just this amazing, God is so good and so mighty and so powerful. And it talks about who may ascend and who may be close to God. And who, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, speaking of the only way to, to get close to God and to be in the presence of God is by the blood of Jesus that we would be washed and cleansed. And then it says this, verse 6, this is Jacob. Jacob, love you, man, wherever you are. Oh, is he gone? Baby was crying. He's going to do bum cream. Um, you always got to make it sure you circle the message back to the important points. So, uh, bum cream. It says, this is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. The only way that we're saved to the uttermost, it says, he is able to save to the uttermost for those who come to God through him. Psalm 24, this is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him or come to him. And if you read the story of Jacob in Genesis, I mean, it's, it's amazing what you see. Here's a guy who, he, his father didn't love him like he loved his brother. And so his identity was tied up in, I'm not really totally my dad's favorite. <laughs> I'm kind of the runt. My mom kind of likes me, and she's going to put some deer skins on me to trick my dad into blessing me and all this stuff. He had to trick his brother out of his birthright. So his whole identity was like, I kind of have to swindle to get something good in life. His whole identity was, I, I don't, I'm not actually really a son. I'm a swindler. 
His name meant deceiver or supplanter. He came out of the womb holding on to his brother's foot. (laughs) His identity was wrapped in what, what he didn't have, who he wasn't, so he thought. But then God started to speak to him as as he matured, and there was a time where God showed him just a glimpse of heaven. He sees this, this ladder with angels going up and angels coming down, and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. I didn't know it. I didn't know that he actually wants to do something in my life. I didn't know God actually really loved me that much. I thought maybe I'd just kind of sort of follow the God of Abraham and Isaac. And God said, no, 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 I want to be the God of Abraham. I want to be the God of Isaac. And I also want to be the God of Jacob. Jacob, don't you know? And so here Jacob's had this moment where he's kind of seen God, encountered God, and it was glorious, but he said, Lord, I I need something more. And so as, as time progressed, he found himself in a difficult situation where he knew God is the only answer. But he knew, God, I can't get through this. I can't live this life anymore. I don't want the blessing that I tricked my dad for. I don't want the birthright that I tricked my brother for. I want you to bless me. I want you to mark me. I want you to change me from the inside out. I want you to bless me, Lord. And so it says that in the night, in the tent, the Lord met him. Says the angel of the Lord, speaking of Jesus before he would have come in the flesh, wrestled with him. And it says that he would not let him go. And the angel said when he, or the Lord, I believe it was Jesus, said when, when Jacob wouldn't let him go. He said, seeing he could not pull himself away, he said, you have to let me go. The day is about to break. That, that whole thing right there is, man, that's mystery. That's amazing. And Jacob says, I won't let you go until you bless me. I want you, to, I want you to not just be the God of Abraham. I don't want you just to be the God of Isaac. I'm tired of hearing the testimonies of other people who were healed. I'm tired of hearing about the alcoholic that was delivered. I'm tired of hearing the person who was on drugs that God saved. What about me, Lord? And Jacob says, Lord, I need you to mark me. I need you to change me. There's no point in living this this swindled life. I need to become marked as a child of God. I need you to to change me. And God responds to him in an interesting way. He says, you have been Jacob, but now your name's Israel. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. And now I'm the God of Jacob. And, I'm, and so much so that I'm going to change your name and all the world for time to come will know you by that name. The name Israel will be the name of, of my people through whom I multiply upon the earth. It's just amazing. Will you stand? You know, the reality is if you're here today and you're like, man, I am whole. I'm walking with Jesus on fire for God. I am whole. He has made me whole. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm still humbly walking with him, following him on fire for him, knowing I need more of him. But I, I'm in a really good place. Let this be an encouragement to you to not let go of that, to not drift from that, but to continue to press in. But I believe there are many here today where the reality is if you would examine your own heart or let the Holy Spirit just show you 
There's some deep things. And we can't fix them. Jacob was at a point where he couldn't keep going without God doing something miraculous in his life. Without God doing something amazing. And I love it. In Psalm 24, it says, This is Jacob, the generation of those that seek him, that seek his face. I believe the Holy Spirit is is stirring up a, a, a Jacob attitude in our hearts. There'd be something in us that says, Lord, I need a touch from you. I need you to do this in my life. I I don't even, maybe you're here and you're like, I don't even know what it is, but I just know I need God to do something in my life. In a moment here, I'm going to, we're just going to open these altars and I want you to come and just respond to the Lord. There's nothing special about the carpet. It's not more anointed carpet here than there, but there's something about when we respond to the Lord, it just makes this place of meeting between God and man. And when I say man, I mean men and women, children, all ages, colors, shapes, and sizes. When we respond to him, and when we do so in the body of believers, there's something there. There's an anointing that comes to not just remove, but to destroy the yoke of bondage. But what I'm going to do here first is we're going to pray. The Lord showed me this in a, in a dream. <laughs> I had some funny dreams on COVID. Um, don't take COVID, it'll mess you up. No, it's joking. Um, but I, I did have some funny dreams, but one of them was from the Lord, at least one of them. And in, in the dream, I saw, I, I was, the Lord just, I don't know, He just showed me like I was speaking out of 2 Corinthians 10, where it says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down every vain argument, every high thing that would exalt itself above the glory of the, the um, whatever, the, the knowledge of God or whatever. I, last part is not whatever, but it's in there. Um, but that first verse, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And what he showed me in the dream, the war is not just ourself. We're not by ourselves in this. It says the weapons of our warfare the weapons of our warfare so we're going to pray for a moment i want us to pray because guess what it's not just you who needs a touch there's many here who need a touch and so we're going to pray and call on the name of the lord who delivers who saves and heals and restores and makes all things new who transforms us and saves us to the uttermost unto completeness so let's pray. Can we just, if, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, just pray in the Spirit. If you're not, just pray in your understanding. Let's just take a moment to pray. Thank you, Lord.